Welcome to Sharp Waves, a podcast from the International League Against Epilepsy. Our episodes cover epilepsy research, clinical care, career development, and issues in diagnosis and treatment from around the globe. The International Global Action Plan on Epilepsy and Other Neurological Disorders was adopted in May 2022. But what does that mean for epilepsy research, advocacy, and care? What are the next steps? We spoke with the Vice President of the International Bureau for Epilepsy about Africa's efforts to close the diagnosis and treatment gaps across the continent through strategy, collaboration, and persistence. So I am Action Amos, and uh, I'm a person with uh, epilepsy. I am the vice president of the International Bureau of Epilepsy, responsible uh, for Africa. And uh, currently, I'm also uh, coordinating a project called uh, Making Epilepsy a Health uh, Priority, uh, which is currently uh, running in nine uh, countries. And in 2023, we're hoping to expand the number of countries that we are supporting. So thanks uh, for inviting me to uh, this uh, interview. Um, and I'm going just to give you an uh, overall overview of the work uh, that we have been uh, uh, doing around uh, the Intersectoral Global Action Plan on Epilepsy and uh, Neurological Disorders. And uh, honestly, the work started in uh, August, and uh, we had uh, support uh, that we had from Bent, uh, who has been our main uh, funder around uh, uh, IGAP advocates. And um, at that time, from August to April 2022, we uh, were busy advocating for the adoption, advocating for the approval of uh, uh, the then WHA Resolution uh, 73. And uh, we managed to mobilize almost at least seven governments committed uh, to support its approval. The likelihood of it uh, being adopted and approval was uh, high. So in January 2022, we secured uh, uh, funding for domestication of uh, uh, IGAP among uh, several countries. And uh, we targeted uh, countries, uh, four countries that we called uh, trendsetter uh, countries. And these were Kenya, Mauritius, Eswatini, and uh, South Africa. And maybe I'll talk a bit about uh, uh, what what each of them uh, are currently doing or have been uh, doing in the past months. So that was in January. And um, these trendsetters, when we identified them, they started also supporting the approval, lobbying for the approval with their governments. And I'm happy to say uh, Eswatini was uh, very much uh, vocal and leading uh, in this uh, work as as much as other countries were also uh, doing the lobbying. So come May 22, it was then approved. So these four countries continued with uh, their work. Now they were focusing on the domestication of this. Uh, uh, and um, some of the work that has been done in these uh, countries are mainly setting up uh, of uh, IGAP task forces. And um, what we pushed for was that uh, uh, these task forces uh, for them to be sustainable, they needed to have inclusion of uh, 
governments of this country. So ministries of health uh, in uh, two of the countries are equally involved, uh, which uh, assures us uh, the sustainability of this. And um, in uh, Mauritius, a presentation was made uh, in their parliament on IGAP, uh, supporting its uh, adoption as well as its uh, domestication. In Eswatini, a task force was formed, uh, partnerships were also formed. They identified in Eswatini uh, key influential organizations that they would want to uh, work with. As you know, IGAP is much more to do with uh, intersectoral approach, and um, that means they needed to also to identify uh, other key players, such as uh, Autism Eswatini, whom they are working with. They are working with two other uh, universities, as well as the uh, media houses there. But their task force is composed of uh, members from the epilepsy movement, uh, members from the autism, uh, uh, and also other uh, neurological disorders, including non-communicable disease, also are supporting them. The same in um, South Africa, they have uh, now a civil society uh, task force on IGAP, uh, which is focusing not on, on IGAP, but also establishing a national plan in South Africa. Uh, a different Totally different scenario is in Kenya, where we have work of the Ministry of Health, which has been devolved or decentralized to counties. Work around health issues are not managed at central level, but at uh, county level. So there we're using a different approach, which is a bottom-up, where the two counties have been engaged and would want them to come up with uh, you know, an IGAP domestication plan as counties which will then uh, try to be uh, replicated at a uh, national level. And I'm happy to say that work is going on well. And in one of the counties, another task force was also uh, formed. Uh, around September, we were privileged as IBE and other partners, including ILE, uh, to be part of uh, the launch of IGAP in Africa, which was done in, in Ghana. And it was uh, quite uh, overwhelming to see the political will that uh, the government of Ghana has uh, in ensuring that uh, IGAP is uh, domesticated uh, in Ghana. Uh, moving on, we'll be collaborating with uh, WHO. We're currently having some planning meetings uh, with WHO around uh, Ghana to see how it can uh, domesticate IGAP and uh, looking at uh, which pillars uh, will they concentrate uh, on in terms of uh, implementation? So we're looking forward for Ghana to be, again, another uh, trendsetter or model uh, country that can showcase to the world uh, how the implementation of uh, IGAP can uh, go. So that's a part of the exciting work that has been happening. So as I've already mentioned, that in these four countries, we actually are pushing that uh, there must uh, be uh, intersectoral approach or collaboration among uh, the epilepsy movement and other neurological disorders. And we also are pushing that, uh, you know, there, there have been other plans that have been done before uh, the work that we are doing uh, currently. So we would want to learn best practices from other movements that have been before us. You know, there are plans around HIV, TB, 
uh, you know, there's work that has been done by the gender movement. So it's an opportunity for us, you know, to rope in and work with them uh, on different aspects of work on how we can ensure uh, that uh, this work is domesticated, but we'll not uh, forget our key ally, uh, which is uh, ILE, because, you know, we need uh, the professionals, the experts uh, to support uh, this advocacy work but also to lead in giving advice. So it would not uh, you know, hold water if uh, these tax forces, we do not include professionals uh, that are you know, working in, in the front in terms of uh, ensuring that uh, the treatment gap, the diagnosis gap, they're all uh, responded to through IGAP. Yes, uh, we have issues such as stigma, that also needs to be addressed uh, through IGAP, but only handling one pillar would not help us. It would be good to show that uh, the other work uh, is done. Uh, we have a call that we have uh, put out uh, for chapters within Africa uh, to continue working around uh, IGAP. So the trendsetter countries are continuing. We hope uh, the four, we might add uh, two more, that is Ghana and uh, uh, Tanzania, so that they continue pushing for the domestication as well as pushing for the implementation of IGAP. Uh, there are indicators uh, that uh, this uh, work is going to uh, take off, but also we anticipate challenges just as any other uh, regional or global action plan or instruments. We can learn from uh, you know those that uh, travel the route before us, where we still find challenges in terms of uh, implementation in terms of uh, domestication. So would really want, you know, to join hands with other players so that we keep on monitoring and tracking. And uh, in September, there was a committee, a regional IGAP domestic committee that was uh, formed. And uh, this includes uh, some legal experts. Actually, the chair of this committee uh, is uh, advocate, Kandu Chindila, who is uh, a lawyer uh, by profession and working with uh, United Nations. Uh, we have members from uh, IOE. Uh, we have uh, members uh, from uh, other neurological orders, and there are 14 in, in total. The work that they have started pushing for is uh, establishment of uh, an IGAP uh, website. And we anticipate that uh, come mid-year, uh, it will be uh, launched and um, mainly it has also been supported by uh, Band uh, Foundation and currently uh, about six contributors have been identified uh, that will be contributing uh, some stories or articles around uh, IGAP and uh, this website is not only going to cater for you know persons with epilepsy, it's going to cater for professionals, it's going to cater for uh, academia, uh, so that it's a hub for, for the region, so that uh, uh, people can access uh, the work that's uh, going to be happening. And also another interesting part of that web website or knowledge app is that it's going to have a, a tracking tool. So you can click on a country like Malawi and see the work that's happening around IGAP. You can click on Mozambique and see the work that's happening. So all this will call for a lot of collaboration among uh, partners and parties uh, so that uh, it becomes uh, feasible to track uh, the 
IGAP implementation. Otherwise, if we do not track and monitor, member states might not uh, actually you know, be able to get that push that they need to ensure the implementation is happening. So is there anything that you see as a particular um, challenge? Have any challenges come up that you're you're currently dealing with? Yeah, well, the, the biggest challenge is, I, I think, the uncoordinated efforts. We have identified a few other uh, initiatives that are about uh, to, to start that I think we need uh, to uh, collaborate uh, with. Uh, with other uh, neurological uh, disorders uh, movement. And um, that will be key to achieving, one, the monitoring work itself or to evaluate uh, the work that uh, member states will be doing. And secondly, it's the political will. So far, we have a few countries uh, that are getting excited around IGAP. As you know, epilepsy is not one of those. Uh, epilepsy and neurological disorders are not some of the, the attractive uh, conditions that attract uh, so much attention. So we need uh, you know, to build a good platform to ensure the dynamics around uh, political will are, are looked at so that at least we have some countries that um, can start uh, work on uh, epilepsy to ensure that others can just copy on what others will be doing. So those are the key challenges that are there and, uh, you know, finding has always been a, a challenge. Uh, we are relying on, uh, you know, limited funding just for advocates, for lobbying. But when you talk about implementation, governments will come and say we have little budget. So we need also to ensure that, uh, you know, funds are made available not only by governments, but by other uh, key players that can support. If we look back in the 1990s, in the 2000s, you know, there was a global move around conditions. You can talk of TB, you can talk of HIV AIDS, but for these conditions to be where they are today, it was the support that uh, came from development partners. So it's key also that we engage development partners in this work uh, to ensure that they support this work and ensure uh, that it's not only sustainable, but also it's impactful, especially to persons with epilepsy themselves. Great, thank you. So it sounds like there's a lot of infrastructure being built right now and systems to uh, to monitor and track the projects and the initiatives. Are there any specific projects or initiatives going on or that maybe have already happened that you think will help achieve at least a couple of the pillars of, of what IGAP is about? Yeah, sure. So as IBE, we have a project that we're running, uh, supported by Ben Foundation. It's called uh, Making Epilepsy a Health Priority in Africa. So this project uh, is looking at uh, uh, several areas, and one of the uh, key areas that the project is looking at is the issue uh, to do with uh, capacity building. So there's need, you know, to uh, support. Uh, voices of uh, uh, persons with epilepsy so that they are part of uh, the IGAP implementation. So capacity building will be done around uh, uh, persons with epilepsy. I would want also to, through the same project, to ensure that uh, we engage uh, uh, 
uh, key stakeholders such as the policy makers as well. Uh, in our earlier engagements uh, that we have done uh, so far, we have noted that uh, at a higher level, there is need also to create awareness around IGA. And not only uh, uh, these uh, policy makers, but also uh, awareness to, to the masses, as I have said, uh, not only building their capacity to advocate, but also creating awareness uh, uh, around IGA. We have an advocates uh, toolkit uh, that will be uh, using as part of the uh, capacity building to ensure that uh, persons with uh, uh, epilepsy, they can use such uh, tools uh, to, to advocate. Uh, another area that uh, we also are working on is um, having reviews of uh, policies. Yeah, I wanted to ask about the the report with the 21 countries. So that was a report about um, legislation in those 21 countries, whether there was protective yep. legislation. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, the analysis that we did, you know, highlighted that uh, out of all the 21 uh, countries, most of uh, the laws that are uh, there that, uh, you know, govern uh, health issues in those countries, not only epilepsy and neurological disorders. Most of them are archaic. We're talking about laws uh, such as like in Malawi uh, in 1947, uh, mental health law, you know, that guides the implementation of epilepsy work. Uh, we're talking about a 1968 law in Tanzania that discriminates against women and says uh, if a woman has epilepsy, uh, they can uh, be divorced. So these are the kind of laws that we came across, and they are not helping it uh, at any cost to persons with uh, epilepsy. So these are some of the uh, laws that we would want to push so that, you know, they, they are repealed or amended, and that they comply now with uh, intentions, IGAP, visions, and other, you know, legal instruments, such as instruments, yeah, that's a really good point, because I think a lot of people who are familiar with IGAP look at it as uh, focusing on capacity building in healthcare, improving awareness, and things like that. And they, they don't think about the fact that there are discriminatory laws that already exist that need to be addressed as well, because otherwise people with epilepsy will not get the equal care that they deserve. That's correct. You know, you you can come up with a global action plan, but when you come at a national level, you have a constitution uh, that is discriminating or stigmatizing. Uh, you know, the priority is not the global action plan because the global action plan on its own is not binding. <laughs> it's not a, a binding document until it becomes a law of a country. So you have constitutions that are discriminating. They will still, you know, take precedence over any global action plan that is there. So it's important that we also look at what are these uh, national, what's the legal framework that is there? What is it saying? Also, uh, in November, we're planning to have a conference, either it will happen in Ethiopia or uh, in South Africa, a face-to-face, -to where we would want uh, to engage around uh, IGAP, uh, so that means a part of the capacity building will be done there. We also intend to engage with uh, the African Union 
already uh, we have started uh, uh, having interactions uh, with them. So the African Union is willing to host us in uh, Ethiopia to discuss about, uh, you know, what can be done by governments to ensure that uh, IGAP is domesticated. Um, we also intend to engage with the uh, Pan-African Parliament uh, in uh, South Africa, and already we've started putting up a, a proposal looking for support so that uh, these engagements can be done. They can be part of our champions uh, to advocate for the domestication and implementation when they go back uh, to their countries. But you know, it can only be successful if you know organizations such as ILE, you know, uh, support and come on board. Having just an instrument on its own is not enough uh, to you know to celebrate that. Yeah, we passed uh, IGAP. Now we have this instrument, but it's actually the impact thereafter. Yes, implementation, but let it be meaningful. And one thing that we stressing so much. Uh, is that I uh, would want uh, meaningful engagement of persons with the lived uh, experience. So we're also going to come up with a lived experience uh, uh, repository so that uh, people can also, once they are aware of what IGAP is, what is happening within their countries, you know, they'll also share stories of what's happening, not only around only their lives, but also around IGAP. Thanks for listening to Sharpwaves. Our content is meant for informational purposes only and not as medical or clinical advice. The International League Against Epilepsy is the world's preeminent association of health professionals and scientists working toward a world where no person's life is limited by epilepsy. Find more Sharpwaves episodes wherever you get your podcasts or at ilae.org.